0: Welcome to Sacred Intersections Podcast, where we navigate the twisty roads of harmful theology, mental health, and religious abuse. I'm Paula. I'm a licensed counselor and a counseling professor, and you may be wondering why you're not hearing Jill chime in with this introduction, as she usually does. Normally, you would be hearing, as our loyal listeners know, normally you'd be hearing Jill say something about being an ordained minister in the Presbyterian Church USA. And The reason that you're not hearing that is because it's just me today. And if that makes you sad, trust me, that makes me sad as well. It's much, much happier when Jill is here with me. But if you're wondering what's up with that, we are just trying to navigate this new podcast world. Our loyal listeners, our loyal roadies, will know that. This is a relatively new project for us. We started um, towards the end of the year, last year in 2020, and we've been trying to navigate how to maintain this podcast and try to do really high quality work with it and also maintain our jobs, which are also very important to us. And... So as we navigate that, we're we're trying a few different things to continue bringing good quality to you on a weekly basis um, while also managing these other areas of our lives. So what we're going to try for a little while is continuing to have an episode like you've gotten used to prior to this every other week where you've got the two of us and we tackle a specific topic and then on the alternating weeks, perhaps you'll get one of us doing a reflection like it's going to happen today with me or perhaps one of us with a guest co-host where we bring in an expert or people who just really want to be a part of our podcast. So we're trying out a few different things. Um, as always, we'd love your feedback on how that's going and what you think. But this is kind of where we are Today, with just me providing a little bit of a, a reflection. So, I am glad that you are here with me and that I know I'm not alone as I do this. So, wherever you are hearing us from, thank you for coming along with us. So, today, for a topic, I wanted to just reflect a little bit about Martin Luther King Jr. Day and what today means to me, what this day means to us as a country. I'm recording this on Martin Luther King Jr. Day 2021. This will be, this podcast will be coming out the day after that. And the inauguration will be the day after that. So whenever you're listening to that, just I wanted to put that context of time and when I'm recording this into play. So so I wanted to start out with kind of a similar discussion that Jill and I had when we recorded an episode a few episodes back where we talked about racism in the church and how the church has contributed to that, how especially white Christians um, could be recognizing our responsibility and our account taking accountability for ways that we may have contributed to systemic racism and oppression. And I just want to provide the same acknowledgement as we have a little bit of a continuation of that conversation today that I am a white woman. That's the perspective I'm speaking from. I can never know what it is like for people of color in this country and would never try to speak for them. That is not what I'm trying to do right now. Jill and I just feel very passionately, we recognize that so much of the work of racial reconciliation and education, especially for white people on this matter, because people of color typically don't need education on this matter. They've lived it and are very educated, but especially for us white people, we recognize that so much of the work of education and learning and teaching especially white people about issues of race and racism have fallen on the shoulders of people of color and that while they have gracious many of my friends and educators of color have been very gracious to take time to teach me we also just really want to take on some of that responsibility of educating ourselves and educating each other. So I hope that this is a podcast that whatever race you're coming from and listening to this will be interesting to you. And that since I'm speaking, of course, from the perspective of a white woman, this may be speaking a little bit more directly to other white people and the work that we need to be doing in this area or some of the things that I've been learning and reflecting on in Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So so this is continuing the conversation from that earlier episode. We said in that episode, we've continued to say that was just meant to be the beginning of a conversation. This isn't a topic that I don't know that we could ever have a complete discussion on. So we'll continue to have many conversations around race, especially in the United States, um, systems of oppression, and our responsibility as Christians, as white people, what we need, what we could be doing. And so as we think about what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day looks like in January of 2021, we have to think about the state of our world, where we've had a recent insurrection of the Capitol building, a Confederate flag was brought into the Capitol building, many people participated in riots claiming the name of Jesus, Side note for that, Jill and I did release a statement that we entitled an open letter to the white man carrying a Jesus flag at the Capitol riots. And you can find that on any of our social media pages or at sacredintersectionspodcast.com. But that has just happened. We are coming to the end of a presidency that was in many ways built on racism and racist thoughts where the election was full of othering immigrants, othering Mexicans and Mexican-Americans that was built on the promise to build a wall. We are in a time where there have been many public murders of our black citizens at the hands of police. And we know that that is not new. Just what is new is the ability to record and to publish these kinds of things. So we're seeing these things in a much more public way. And therefore we've seen a much more public outcry that has marked a lot of our recent history as well. So there's just a few things that are swirling around us. As I think about Dr. Martin Luther King day in January of 2021 and one really interesting statistic that I read recently was that both Dr. King and Anne Frank were born in the same year. They were born in 1929, which means if they were still alive today, if they had not been murdered at the hands of their oppressors, they would be turning 92 in this year, in 2021. Dr. King would have just turned 92 and Anne Frank would be turning 92 in June of this year so had they not been murdered at the hands of their oppressors there is a good possibility that they would still be with us that they would be alive and in our midst and that is so interesting to me to think about how think about our tendency to put those two figures in ancient history and to think about their work and what happened to them in another time. And when we think about them being 92 years old and still alive today, it makes it very present. This week we just celebrated Betty White turning 99. That was all over the news. And she seems so present. And she's seven years older than Dr. King and Anne Frank and that to me just is such an important reminder of how close we are to these things about how the Holocaust is not ancient history and how easily something like that could happen again. How the work of Dr. King was not very long ago, and all of those who worked with him and who have continued to do the work of civil rights and equality and racial reconciliation and racial justice in this country, how that is still so very present today. So that was just one of my reflections, a good reminder of... This is present time. This is not ancient history, and we have to continue to work on these things in the present. I've also just been reflecting on all the social media posts I've seen today of many people posting quotes from Dr. King, which are all beautiful quotes. Of course, he was a brilliant man. The ones I've seen the most are the quotes around darkness can't drive out darkness, only light can do that, hate can't drive out hate, only love can do that that I've chosen to stick with love, that hate is too great a burden to bear. And those are such important quotes and such important concepts that were an incredible part of who he was and what he stood for. And I just want to remind myself in this and all of my white siblings to, especially white siblings in Christ, that we cannot let those concepts end with a social media post. And we can't let those concepts be the complete picture because Dr. King's work and his inspiration and all of the work that's continued since then, these ideas of love and unity and peace sat alongside his cries for justice and accountability, and for a recognition of these systems that are in place that were creating the division and that continue today. So we have to let those cries for justice and accountability sit alongside the cries for unity, and peace and love. And that it's really, really hard to have that love without that justice, without recognizing the ongoing work that's happening. Um, it's just. It's just really easy, I think, for us as white people with privilege to throw up a social media post and think I've done so much in the work of racial reconciliation today without really taking those concepts to heart and putting them into our day to day work and looking at the continued privilege that we have and looking at the continued disparity between the experience of a white person in America and a person of color in America. And so, so I just want to remind us of those kind of two multitude, not just two, it's not very binary, but a multitude of things that Dr. King was calling us to yes, peace and unity and love and justice and hard work and being able to speak to each other, that truth and love and hold each other accountable. Um, So his ideas about unity was not a pass for us as white people to pretend like everything's okay. It was a call to how do we truly make, how do we truly let light drive out darkness? What part of the light are we all called to be? What part of the love that is driving out hate are we called to be? How do we put that into action? And so that brings up the question, what is our responsibility? What's my personal responsibility? How should the teachings of Christ guide me? um as someone who is a Christian and as we think of the work of Dr. King and his inspiration you know he left us some really clear guides in many of his writings but if you take one thing from today I would really encourage you to read or reread his letter from a Birmingham jail and if you've read it you're sitting there nodding probably and going yes 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 if you've not read it please, please go read this. We'll put a link in the show notes for a place that you can read this. But this is a letter Dr. King wrote while he was imprisoned in Birmingham, and he wrote it specifically to white clergy members. And this was, I think, a great explanation of a great example of him calling out those who were sitting on the sidelines in this work around justice and equality. And in this, he specifically called out the white moderates who were sitting on the sidelines. And I think that's a great reminder for me and for all of us that just because you personally think you're not racist, just because you're personally not being doing anything overtly racist in the world, that doesn't absolve us from the work we need to do in combating racism and for fighting for justice in the world. Dr. King talks about in this letter how, in many ways, it was easier to deal with those who were very clear and upfront and very overt in their discrimination and in their hate and in their racism, because at least he knew what he was dealing with. It was a little more frustrating and confusing from those who claim Jesus and who claim to be wanting change, but who were always tempering that with the call to, Order And slow down and to do it in quote unquote, this way, the way that they want it done. So that letter, I think is something I try to read it at least once a year. And I would definitely encourage us to read it and look at where it is calling us out, especially those of us who are white. So I think that letter is a clear example of how Dr. King's call for love and unity and reconciliation did not diminish that need for justice and accountability and the recognition of how far we have to go, that those things all go together. And again, great examples of Dr. King speaking the truth in love, which is scriptural and biblical. The idea of speaking the truth, yes, being willing to talk to each other, call each other out when we need to be honest with each other, but to do it in love, to do it because I love you. And I want us to truly be in harmony with each other. Um, And so that brings me to another reflection that I've seen as I've watched discussions of the Capitol riots and discussions of the police brutality that has made news more recently in it's just interesting because I have seen some people who maybe did not have an awareness who were truly ignorant about oppression and privilege and the ways that power both in churches, but also in places like police forces can be twisted and can be used to harm. And I've seen some awakening from some people on these issues. I've also seen some people on you all know we don't love to use labels, but people on, I guess, the left who are frustrated with how long it took people to get here. So I've seen people starting to wake up and recognize the role that perhaps they've had in systems of oppression and then being met with, well, that's not good enough because you didn't get here soon enough or, OK, yes, you can say see how bad the capital riots were. But you don't get a pass because of all the bad things that led up to that. And I get that. I get the frustration with all the bad things that led up to that. And I think that we just have to continue to find a way to, yes, hold people accountable and be willing to reflect on what got us here or what keeps us here. And the leaders and the ways that we as individuals have participated in these systems of oppression, on a multitude of levels. And at the same time, we have to be able to celebrate progress when we see it. We have to be able to allow people room to grow and to change and to have those conversations. It it makes me think of a quote that I read recently from Reverend C.T. Vivian, who was a black pastor that worked with Dr. King and who actually received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Obama, I believe in 2014. And this, he was an amazing man. And he, one of his quotes that has been brought up to me recently was this idea of when you ask people to give up hate, you have to be there for them when they do. When you ask people to give up hate, you have to be there for them when they do. So that to me is a way of Yes, we have to hold people accountable for what has happened and what got us here. At the same time, we have to celebrate progress and we have to be willing to engage in discussions. These things can live in the same space. And this, I'm primarily, as a white person, speaking to white people. I don't want to diminish any legitimate anger and hurt at the things that got us here, at perhaps some blind, blind eyes or at some ways that we contributed to these systems of oppression because we know as white people we do on a daily basis it doesn't mean we're saying it's all okay what happened but we have to find a way to start being on the same team that accountability and progress can live together it's not an either or we have to find a way to speak the truth in love another thing i've been really thinking about as i wrap up these thoughts on dr king and what this day kind of means to me in january of 2021 is the legacy of Dr. King and how important it is and how we never want to lose sight of that. And I think Dr. King himself would even say, we also have to recognize how many other people are doing this work. You know, I've heard my friends of color say, y'all, we have more than Dr. King and Rosa Parks and Harriet Tubman. You know, those are the people that maybe us white people hear about in our school and our history books, but there are so many people that we're doing this work alongside those amazing figures and who continue to do this work. So please continue to seek out other voices of color that we can learn from and that who have been willing to put content out there for us to engage in and to learn from. So after our episode on race, Jill put together an amazing resource page on our website. Again, that's sacredintersectionspodcast.com where she just put so many resources that we could learn from. And y'all, I mean, this is amazing. Links and links and links that link to books and movies and podcasts and social media people you can follow and websites. It's just such a wealth of information. And so I would really encourage you to check that out. And if you have resources that are not there jill is continuing to add to that so please continue to do that but that's just our reminder of while we celebrate dr king we also want to recognize the ongoing work that is being done and continue to honor those people so i just would leave with the question would love to hear any thoughts on this on how do we find our way to each other in this divided world divided In so many ways. How do we find our way to each other? And I noticed I didn't say how do we find our way back to each other. Because I'm not sure that we were all ever in the same place. On the same page. As we think about our history in America. And how we were birthed as a country that was enslaving black people. That that we don't want to find our way back but how do we find our way to each other? What is our way forward? So as we ponder that and you look for ways to let us know your thoughts, you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at sacred intersections podcast. We're on Twitter at sacred pod. We already mentioned our website, which is sacred intersections and you know, we would love to hear from you. We would love it. If you would leave us a review on Apple podcast, love it. If you would share our social media posts on your social media and spread the word about this. So, so please continue to let us know your thoughts. And as Jill always says, we really like you. We're very glad you're here on our journey on this journey with us and safe travels through all your sacred intersections throughout the week. Woohoo!